0: Shopify helped businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.
1: For another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast, Presley Meyer, your host with the most. And tonight I'm joined by our third starter of the year, Nick Connor. Guys, I mean, <laughs> I, I tweeted out all you can do is laugh and 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 I say that because if not, then you cry. But it's also, I think it needs to be thrown out before anything else. You start out the season losing by one point in three consecutive games it's just it's it's hard to to wrap your brain around just the different ways that Louisville's lost Uh, against Bellarmine it was you know a a game of runs Louisville made a run towards the end and just couldn't close it out against Wright State they essentially just let the game slip away at the end and, and got beat on a buzzer beater and then against Appalachian State you were literally losing the game for 39 minutes and 32 seconds 31 seconds excuse me you know, give App
0: State too much luck here.
1: And yet you were just a layer of skin away from actually winning that game against App State. I mean, just absolutely just brutal ways to, to lose a basketball game. Nick, I'll come to you. I mean, what, just initial thoughts on what we've seen the first three games of this season, and can't have you even been able to wrap your brain around just what, what is happening?
0: Well, you know, like Chris Mack, I, I took a leave of absence, you know, over an extended period of time to try to you know get the juju back it didn't work i just don't know where to start with the kenny Payne team I, I don't know what that means right now and i think that's the toughest thing that a lot of of the fan base thought about in the offseason is what does the kenny Payne offense look like i still don't know i mean we didn't see sets tonight legitimately until the second half um, which is concerning to say the least this is the third game where teams with less talent um, and less expectations run sets for 40 minutes and and consistently score buckets, and Louisville stands around and throws the ball around the perimeter, and their big guys stand and look at each other and then, uh, you know, get charges, and that's about it. So I think offensively, no identity other than L Ellis, and that's not an identity. L scoring 27 a night is not going to work in the ACC. Um, and defensively, they just do not seem committed to play 40 minutes of defense. Again, you saw tonight, similar to, you know, portions of the first two games, they played really hard the last few minutes, and they were right there at the end. I mean, you play like that play like that for 40 minutes and you're not in a situation where you're losing by one to three teams, two of which might contend for a conference title, App State definitely won't.
1: Yeah. I mean, App State second place last year in, in their conference, but they lost three starters. I mean, they have size. They have like, I mean, there, there's no doubt that they have a little bit of talent, but none of the teams that Louisville's played in the first three games are, are teams that even in, in the worst down years. I don't think there's a single team that would have lost to any of these teams. I mean, it would be, you know, it'd be a massive upset. Like Louisville did lose, you know, they lost one year to Furman. Like there, there were, there were years where they, they just dropped inexplicable games. You know, they dropped a, a weird bye game last year when Chris Mack was suspended. It happens like, but it, and it happens to everybody. Don't get me wrong, but it, but it should be a one-off and, and for it to be three games in a row, I mean, it and by one point, it doesn't get any more brutal. I mean, I, to me, like we'll get into the statistics and we'll get into, you know, where we'll Louisville can improve, what you're looking for, you know, going forward. But I mean, for me, the, the thing that stands out above anything else is, in all three of these games, with I guess with the exception of the last minute and a half in Bright State, towards the end of the game, if they, if they just gave the same effort throughout the entire game as, as they give at the very end. Then I think that you're you would see a completely different outcome in all of these games, and it's just it's mind blowing. It's it's stuff that you know you'd blow a gasket if you were a sixth grade basketball coach. Some of the stuff that that Louisville does, you know, just refusing to box out. I mean, App State had three rebounds on on off of their own free throws tonight. Little things like you know not getting back on a fast break. Like how many times have we seen one guy like L. Ellis or Percy Miller or somebody get down the court and there's four, four offensive guys trailing and just one Louisville player. And they go up there and, and get a contested layup and miss it, but then there's three guys there to, to tip it back in. And it's like, at what point does this team look at itself in the mirror and say, like, we have to be able to give consistent effort for 40 straight minutes? Like, is it gonna be they go down and play Arkansas and, and Maui and, and think that they're have somebody that sets up to their their standard. So all of a sudden they start turning around. I mean, I don't think so. I just think that it's a, it's a broken team. It's a team that's, you know, play, playing like a, with, with a losing mentality. It's nice to see them come back and give effort and, and show that they don't want to lose. But in, in my opinion, if they did that in the in the first 30 minutes of every game, they'd be three and O instead of O and three.
0: Yeah. And again, I think it's intentionality, right? Like what, what are we trying to do with the ball in our hand? Like I mentioned, not no clear sets till the second half. Legitimately, the entire first half had no clear sets. A lot of times you've got three guys standing on the perimeter. Um, a guy like JJ trainer, when he's in standing 16 feet out from the hoop with his hands on his hips. Um, Sidney Curry standing with his hands on his hips. What, what's the intentionality? Like, what are we trying to do here? Um, it, obviously, we want to clear the floor and let L go to work. Well then, let's do that. And you know whether that's a high ball screen, whether that's a horn set, whether that's something simple. Which again, you saw early in the second half, and it worked when L started cooking. But what are the bigs out there doing right now? I mean, these are three teams that are undersized. Um, Louisville's not undersized, at least the, the guys that they're playing down low right now. But they're yeah, I mean, I'll say undersized. you know,
1: App, App State had had dogs down low. They had they start two six ten guys at, at the four and five. And then they brought in a freshman number three, who I, I think is sensational. I think he's going to be. He'll end up transferring somewhere Power Five. I think a true freshman who I mean he was he was a, a killer on the boards and and looked like he had a pretty polished game on both ends of the floor. And he came off the bench for them. So I mean they really had three six ten guys and and a, and a couple other guys. You know they have a six five point guards like they the, App State did have the size. Uh, still, it's not an excuse. You know, Louisville is far more talented, more athletic a bulkier team I did want to throw out though App State at least had somebody to to kind of challenge Louisville's bigs
0: sure I, I mean that's no excuse for the backboard I mean that's no excuse for standing around I mean those things don't get fixed just because of size I, I think the thing for me is you know who is out there to do anything other than set a screen for L. Ellis? like do we consistently have guys that are out there trying to make offense happen and, and how many times tonight did you see a guy catch a ball Consistently in the wrong spot, like just over and over and over, guys coming off of a cut or off balance or weird pivot, just somehow catching the ball consistently off balance. And that throws everything off. I don't know how many times already I have seen Mike James take an unbalanced shot. Like he never seems to have his feet set. And I don't know if that's a tempo thing. I don't know if that's a him thing. I don't I honestly haven't seen enough of him shoot at this point. I'm not in practice, but. That seems to be a consistent problem with our guards, especially just not, not catching it in a good spot or not adjusting, you know, getting over their, their hips and, and getting into that, you know, aggressive stance. I know every, every coach has their own way to say that, but I, I just don't see guys out there trying to make things happen. And then you you look defensively and it seems very similar to me. like, other than a few bigs who had some good blocks, had some good defensive boards, just not a whole lot of action other than again, L Ellis, right? L is the only one making things happen. I mean, at this point, if you look down this roster, like I'm struggling to find guys that are showing that they're ready to play at the next level. And we've got a couple guys on this roster, Jalen Withers specifically, who should already be off of this team playing on the next level. And we yeah. saw things again tonight where you're going, Jalen, what on earth are we doing? Sydney Curry, exactly the same.
1: You can't have two. I mean, whether they have three captains, their captains are Ellis, Sydney Curry.
0: I believe it's Jalen Withers.
1: Is it Jalen Withers? I mean, I mean, and look. there's something going on with with Mm -hmm. Sidney Curry like I'm I don't know if it's mental like it it appears to me I I saw Sidney Curry multiple times over the offseason and it appears to me that he has gained weight and and not to you know be out here body shaming or whatever but like I mean it it appears that and I say that to say I mean maybe he has been injured maybe you know, so, something is going on. He's not mentally and physically there. And it, it's really difficult for, for Louisville to, to play him in the post uh, and, and to get any sort of action in the post whatsoever uh, to, to me, because every time they try to go down low to a curry, he turns it over. Yeah. And there were multiple times where he actually got the ball with a good look at the basket tonight. And instead of just going straight up, he put the ball on the floor and tried to make some like post move into a hook shot, which Yes, last year when he had when he was kind of in his groove, he's he was able to do that, but I mean, 2 points tonight, 8 rebounds, but I mean, it it's there are, there are guys that have been just a waste of space. Uh, Kamari mm-hmm. Lands is is another guy. He doesn't look prepared for this mm-hmm. level, which is shocking because everything you heard in the offseason was Kamari Lands this and Kamari Lands that. He's going to be one of the leading scorers on the team. He can get to the bucket at will. Like – you see none of that. He's passive. He's hesitant. He gets lost on defense. He, gets, he doesn't know where to go on offense. It's, it's frankly, it's terrifying if you think about it, because that's, that's one of the guys that Louisville was supposed to be leaning on. Uh, so you, you basically have two guys that are getting empty minutes. Tonight, Roosevelt Wheeler barely played, and I'm not sure what, what goes into that. You had Brandon Hunt and Hatfield played 38 minutes, uh, the majority of that being at center. So now, if you look at, at Ken Palm has the, the the depth chart percentages right, and Sidney Curry has played at center according to Ken Palm, twenty two percent of the time. Roosevelt Wheeler sixteen percent of the time, and Brandon Hunt, Huntley Hatfield sixty two percent of the time. So Brandon Huntley Hatfield has essentially become the the, the de facto uh, big man, and you saw that that Louisville you know was he was posting up well, he was demanding the ball, he was getting the ball in isolation situations, but he still he wasn't. As aggressive as you like them to be, even still. There were multiple times where he got the ball and he had he was one on one. He's 6'10. And he had a mm-hmm. guy who was like 6'5 or 6'6 on him, and he's passing the ball back out. And it's like it's just it, it feels like a lot of these guys aren't ready for the moment. And there is nobody outside of L Ellis that that is that's ready to to take a shot in crunch time. Now yeah. thank God L Ellis. Freaking scores the ball; it will go into the basket, and there's pretty much nobody that can stop him when we'll gets him going downhill. But that's not a recipe for success. You can't play Ellis 39, 40, uh, 38 minutes a game and expect him just to to do that over and over again. Like eventually, when you're playing Arkansas on Monday, when you're playing Duke and North Carolina, and and any number of teams that, that they're going to run into this season when they're playing Kentucky, like <laughs> he's not going to get downhill like that. Like they're going to do everything they can to stop him, and then what happens? That Louisville is finding different ways to to try to get the ball in his hands, and maybe not have him be so ball dominant tonight. You saw Hersey Miller play 25 minutes, which that's that's something. I guess that's not something we <laughs> expected to see this year. What what else do you do? And and, and finally, you know, there are three guys. You know, you know, I mentioned Re- Roosevelt Wheeler, but Fabio Basili and Devin Reed are just not playing. Like they have not seen the floor. It's it's kind of mind-boggling, you know. Those were Kenny Payne's guys, right? Like those are the guys that he brought in to be supplemental pieces to to Mike James and LLs. Ellis. And instead, you have two basically two walk-ons that that are playing instead. God loves Zan Payne, but there's there's reasons Zan Payne has played like ten games in his career, and he's been in college since like 2016 because <laughs> he shouldn't be he shouldn't be seeing ten minutes on the floor for a power five basketball team. Like it, it, there's just, there's so much to get into, but I mean, if we just talk about just general effort and general roster construct, who's seeing minutes and who's, who's putting their best foot forward. It's like Elle Ellis, flashes a Brandon Huntley Hatfield. And I mean, that's, that's really it. I mean, and, and everything else is just like trying to survive until the end.
0: Yeah. And I, I think when you have, you know, two or three scores, you can hide a lot, you know, whether it's hiding it in a box score or hiding, hiding it visually. I mean, even you think college football, right? Like if you've got a quarterback, you got a couple of skill guys, you can hide it for a while. I'm thinking the end of the Petrino 2.0 era, right? You have the right talent in the right spots. And then suddenly we have no depth at any position. But when you look at it at, at what I think Kenny Payne is trying to do, right? If you go back to the Kentucky offenses that he was on the, on the bench for, that were really successful. I go back to the Harrison twins. That's like what, that's what I think coach K is like most success coach K. Oh my goodness. Coach Cal, whew, that three losses by one. I'll do that to you. Press um, coach Cal's offense, right? Think about two guys getting downhill, right? Those guards getting downhill, attacking the rim and then getting the ball back out. That is the way that he wants to run that offense. He has dudes, right? That is a dude's offense. That's not an offense that gets production, and there's a huge difference. Bellerman runs an offense that gets production. They run a specific style, specific sets that get the ball moving, get you out in the wrong spot, get guys to switch, and then they get it to an open look for three from some white dude that you don't know. That's the Bellerman offense. Louisville is trying to run a dude's offense without dudes. They got one dude. That's it. And until they get more dudes, unless the offense changes, it's not getting better.
1: Yeah, and I I think this is, you know, Jacob and I discussed this last week. Really, you're at at a kind of a a crossroads here where you're like, how does Kenny Payne handle this situation? You know, he's come in and said, not essentially that he's not playing to win. Like, I think he's a competitor. I think this whole team wants to win. But he said he first and foremost wants to establish a culture. And I think it's going to very quickly, it's already becoming culture versus surviving I'm not sure if you can establish a culture if you're going to continue to lose to to teams that are far, far, far inferior to you. Like we're not talking about Louisville went out and lost to like Georgia Tech, Providence. Like I'm just trying to think of like a like a Seton Hall. Like these are the types of teams that Louisville's lost to in the past. Fans have been upset, but that you can forgive that group of six type of team. You know, like a like a St. John's or something like a South Florida, like you can forgive that kind of stuff. But in Appalachian state, Bellerman, who was D2 two years ago, that's unforgivable. At some point, where does culture intertwine with actually getting victories? Because you're never going to establish the culture that you want this season. If you're going to continue to lose players are going to like, I mean, that's just human nature. You know, if, if the coach is telling you do this, this, that, or the other, and you're doing what you're being, you know, you're running the sets that you're being asked to run, taking advantage of the minutes that you have, but that's it. At some point, players are just going to, like, throw in the towel and be like, look, we're 0-7, we're 0-12. Like, at some point, we got to do something different. A lot of people, like, I think you're a pretty pretty patient going into the season. I'm obviously very patient. All of a sudden, you're 0-3 to, to three teams that probably aren't going to be in the tournament this year. That's just not excusable. I mean, it's just it's difficult to find the words for for how frustrating it is to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you I think last year, right, like the basement was never like you never expected the basement like that basement was so much lower than anything you had ever anticipated for Louisville basketball, let alone Chris Mack basketball based on what we had seen in a limited time um, and his flash in the pan with COVID and all that, but I think that's the same thing here, right? Like you assume positive momentum. I mean, you assume the assistant hires um, the guys that he did bring in that were his guys, the guys that he kept, we assumed that he evaluated the roster and that he only kept guys like Sydney and Jalen and JJ, cause he wanted to, and L Ellis, obviously. And then it just seems like a swing and a miss, right? Like w- at what point uh, does this get fixed? And yeah, I know, like we got recruits coming in, right? We got dudes that are still visiting and I understand that, right? And I know um, Corey Alexander on the broadcast is talking about how we're still a blue blood. I don't know that we are right now. I, I just don't. Like, I, I think as much as sometimes we get lost as a as a fan base in other sports, thinking that we're in an area that we're not. Right now, I don't know that we, we are where we used to be historically in basketball. And that just is what it is. Like, I don't think... If you polled you know, a bunch of seventeen-year-olds who are in their junior year playing right now, that they they would say Louisville's a blue blood, or Louisville comes to mind immediately when I think the top of college basketball. Because in their lifespan, it isn't right, and you got to keep that in mind, right? Generation con- generations continue to change, kids continue to change. I mean, that comes into the NIL stuff and what Kenny's said publicly with NIL. You know, all of that is a factor, right? And we can take all of that if you win. I don't care what you're saying publicly, what's happening behind closed doors if you win. When you come out, like you said, and you you lose to, you know, not even let's not even forget they lost an exhibition game. Mm -hmm. And then they lost three games that that have counted. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. I mean, clearly, I don't think we win in Maui unless it's in the third game of the loser's bracket or second game of the loser's bracket. I don't think we beat Maryland. I don't know that we won an ACC game until at least – maybe 2023 at this point in January. I mean, like where's the win at, you know, like where's the win at. And I understand the frustration. I get it. You know, Kenny Payne was the number one choice. I think that's very clear, right? I think Josh heard made that really clear. Everybody who's had a mic stuck in front, in front of their faces, made that clear. You expect in the age of the transfer portal, you expect in the age of NIL, you expect when you hire a coach like that, that you can turn things around at least where you can say, Oh, You know, we went 18 and 11 this year. And, you know, we won a game in the ACC tournament and we got recruits signed for next year. That's a basement year for the University of Louisville. Not whatever this is.
1: I just go back to as we talk through this and as I'm watching the game, you know, I'm I'm looking through stats. I'm just, I'm trying to, to measure and sort of put together in my brain what they're attempting to do. And it just, it, it keeps going back to to hustle and just mentality for me. When you're when you're Louisville, like, you got to be a dog. I'm sorry, but, like, that's that's the type of players that put you in a position where Louisville is. You have to be, like, you got to be like a Dwayne Sutton. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be a Terrence Williams. You got to be like a, a Jerry Smith. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to think of, I mean, there there's been a dog on every team. I mean, in my lifetime. Right. Mm -hmm. And not only that, there's been an all, there's been a McDonald's all American on every team for like the last 30 years. This is the first year that Louisville hasn't had one. So with all that in mind, it just, I think that's, that's the frustrating part is that it feels like this stuff is correctable and yet they come out and do the same stuff. And it's just deflating. Like you're sitting there in the U.M. center And it's like you can feel just like you can feel it's difficult to breathe. It's difficult to to be supportive when you're down 15 and you're not showing effort. Like when you're not boxing out on a free throw, when you're not boxing out on a on a layup, when you're not helping out on defense. App State's second to last possession of the game. Right kind of a weird offensive rebound. I don't really think that was on Louisville. It was just kind of an odd situation. But then immediately Brandon Huntley Hatfield gets isolated and nobody comes to help. And it's, like, it's little stuff like that where, like, if you want to win the game, like, if you're one of the four other players on the floor, like, there's only so much you can do when you're isolated and there's nobody within six, seven, eight feet of you. It's, like, at some point somebody has to step in and be, like, look, we got to win this game. I think that's, that's what it comes down to to me is, like, I think they can start winning games. Like you look down, you can look down the schedule. Maui, I think is it's going to be what it is, man. They're probably going to play Arkansas, and they're probably going to play Creighton, and they're probably going to lose to both of those teams by thirty plus. And then like I, they're I'm gonna, not seeing yeah. a way around that. And then, and then they're, they're
0: going to get beat by a, a you know a up and coming play, Cincinnati team. Or, I'm thinking
1: Cincinnati probably. Yeah, probably. They're probably going to play Cincinnati, and it's probably going to be their sixth loss in a row. And then uh, you come, you return home. Louisville's next home game is November 29th against Maryland. And I mean, Ken Palm has it as a four point Maryland victory right now. Gives Louisville a 36% chance to win. Then you host Miami that, that, that Sunday. It's like, you're looking at like 0 and 8. You're staring 0 and 8 right in the face. Florida state has gotten off to a crappy start, but that's a very difficult conference game. And then you have, you do have a stretch of Western Kentucky who beat you last year, but a game that you should be able to win. Then Florida AM, and is absolute dog crap, one of the worst teams in the country, and Lipscomb. Like, of those games, you have to, like, you, you got to start finding ways to win. Like, I think that if Louisville shows effort and they lose three in a row in Maui, like, it's going to suck. Uh, people are going to be jumping ship, understandably so. Uh, but if they show effort and at least keep games close, like, I think that we can accept that that they're moving forward. But I mean, let's be realistic. Like (laughs) it's, it's
0: very difficult to, to see a win coming up anytime soon, man. I mean, you look, I think just, just step back and think about the conversation we're having, right. We're going to the Maui invitational for the first time in 12 years, something crazy like that. Yeah. More than that. Yeah. I mean, the only other quote unquote blue blood that's there is Arizona and that's stretching it to call them a blue blood. Mm-hmm. and we're talking about whether or not who we're going to get in the 3rd and the 7th and 8th place game. Yep. You know, that's where we're at. Yep. That's wild. Just wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only like and again, this is just more of a mentality thing here. The only thing that I can think of that could be helpful is just getting away from from home. And what I mean by that is if you've been in the KFC Yum! Center over the last 3 games, it kind of – it takes your breath away a little bit, man. Like, it kind of knocks the wind out of you. Like, when you lose the Bellarmine in the fashion that you did, you know, they had many, many chances to win that game down the stretch. When you blow a game – like, people were heading for the doors, ready to go home and watch the football game against Wright State. That one just kind of – they just let it slip. They just – everything that could have gone right went right for Wright State in the last minute, and everything that could have gone wrong for Louisville did. And like after that, like you just you got to find a way to bounce back against App State and you don't lead for a single second of the game. And it's like at at some point you just have to be like, look, it it might be might be better for them to get away. They're going to be playing in like a weird, you know, small gym situation. People know how it is there. Maybe it'll be nice to just get away for a second to kind of have a mental reset to go get just this shitty start off their minds and just. Get out there and 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 just try to play free flowing basketball. If they'd won these games by one point, I think that that would be a more realistic way to to look at it. But since they've lost these games, I, I think it's it's going to take a while, man. Like I can't imagine them just being resuscitated in Hawaii.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we did see last year's squad, you know, without Chris Mack before Chris Mack left. Obviously, without Chris Mack, kind of have that, you know, get out of get out of town, kind of had a reset. Spent a lot of time together, you know, got those ballroom practices in and it seemed to do some things for them from a toughness standpoint and from a defensive standpoint. But that team had more dudes than this team does. And that's hard to fathom at this point.
1: I think back to you're right, you know, those they they showed like the practices in the ballroom where, you know, they're diving for balls and and you know, running into each other and just becoming a a tougher team, essentially. And and that's that showed in during that tournament, right, like it showed that they they felt the the weight of a loss to to a cruddy team. And they were able to just kind of collect themselves and just tough out a couple of wins. It doesn't feel like that's a possibility this year, like because the, who's going to tough it out? I don't think that last year Jalen Withers was one of those guys that was leading the charge in that. I mean, L. Ellis is what he is. But, like, he can't be the only – he can't be the only option. And Who else are you going to throw out there? I mean, Hersey Miller, like, is it going to be – I mean, Hotley Hatfield can be a dog. Sidney Curry has shown in the past that he can have some – he can be fiery. I mean, but you also look at this team and you have, like, a. they're just missing a presence. They're missing the, just that it factor. And it's – I mean, it's just – it's very just difficult to watch. Like, it really – Like, as somebody who just cares so much, like, it just, it's, it it truly does just knock the wind out of you. I mean, in your opinion, Nick, do you, do you see any way like out of the situation? Like, do you see any way that they can kind of push towards success by the time they have, by, by the time conference play comes around? Or is this just kind of a, just kind of a wash and we better just hold on?
0: Yeah, I mean I think defense. I think defense is the only way the only way forward. I, clearly we don't have other we don't have the offensive pieces outside of L. And so I think consistently the only thing you can really harp on, you can really work on is defense and just really try to be a team that wins it in the 50s and the low sixties, you know, that controls the glass, that does the little things right, whether that's, you know, starting to three quarter court press more, whether that's, you know, Throwback back to the patino day, starting charting, start charting stats that encourage deflections or tips or whatever it is to really get the team to buy into that. I think it's really hard to try to convince, you know, a team in the ACC who wears that logo that they don't have the goods offensively, but that's what needs to be said at this point. Like we don't have it right now. Maybe we'll have it in a month or two. Like maybe we'll develop it, but right now we don't have it. And I think it's as simple as just playing more guys. Like, play guys until we figure out a combination that works play guys until we figure out who can stay in front of somebody. Again, I know that's, you know, I go back to the Rick Pitino days of can't guard a chair like that right now. we got a lot of guys who can't stay in front of a lower level D one basketball player. And that is a huge, huge issue. So I think you got to lock in defensively. You got to hope that the offense comes around and that guys just keep listening to whatever's being, you know, screamed in practice and, at a certain point, you got to hope you, you find that dog, right? Somebody steps up other than L and decides, hey, we're we're too proud. We're too, you know, actually we're too good to, to play like this. To me, it goes back
1: to what I kind of said in the very beginning. It's Kamari lands and Sydney Curry. Whatever is going on in Sydney Curry's head, like he has to become the captain of this team. He has to become a leader again. It's just, I, I, I don't know what it is because last year you saw against North Carolina was in the national championship game. And he was just freaking going toe to toe with Armando Baycott and and that entire team. Like I, it's just, it's hard to wrap your brain around that being the same player, and he did that over and over again to, to finish off the season. I mean, he was he was Louisville's leading scorer right there in every single game down the stretch of the season, and to go from that to what you're seeing now, a guy who's lost, who has no confidence, who's confused, who just. Seems like he's just on a different planet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I hope that, you know, the coaching staff's able to kind of do some psychology there and just figure out what the heck's going on. And I I think Kamari Lanes is a guy that they were expecting to depend on some more. And he's just, he's just, I mean, it's nothing against the guy, but right now he is a waste of space. He's just a body on the floor and that's it. And I mean, if you look at the stat lines, it, it proves that. I think tonight he played 11 minutes, um, didn't make a field goal. He had an opportunity to, like, kind of throw down a dunk tonight and instead put up, like, a four-foot jumper, floater-type something, I don't know, and just clanked off the back of the rim. It's like at some point, you know, they just kind of got to wake up and and be that, that you know, that presence. I think Jalen Withers has the capability of doing that stuff, but I I don't think that he is – put in he's been put into the right positions yet and i think that's more of a roster construct thing i I think that he's really a true forward to me and he's been playing a little bit at the three he's handling the ball a lot like i like to see him do a lot a lot more of what huntley hatfield's doing like i'd really like to see ultimately withers and huntley hatfield playing a lot together at the five and four i think that's a really good combination there Um, i think that mike james and ellis are fine at the one and two for, you know, pretty solid spurts of the game. Uh, and then at the three, you know, you could put any number of people there, but if you can make that be Kamari lands, if he can become the player that everybody has said he, he, he is, you know, people who went to open practices uh dur- during the offseason said like, Kamari lands is the best player out there. And it's like, to go from that to, I mean, Sam, he's not even close to like a Samuel Williamson or a, or a uh, Wayne Blackshear or a, uh, you know, uh, a BJ King, like he's not even close to that. Like he's far, far from even being that sort of presence on the floor. And he has to become, he has to become one of Louisville's top three or four players. in in my opinion, I think if you're looking for a dog outside of Ellis, you really got to go to, go to those guys. Um, and then, like you said, Nick, and we can kind of close out on this, Death pieces. At this point, why not? At this point, it's like, okay, we get that you're, you're, <laughs> you're trying to win games, but now when you're going to go play, you know, probably two consecutive top 10-ish, top 15 teams, I mean, now, now's the time to kind of test that depth. See what you got, man. Like, at this point, you don't have anything to lose, I mean, because it, it it feels very unlikely that they're gonna that they're gonna win any any of these games. So you might as well kind of try new things. Because right now, what, what they're doing, the establishing of the culture, is not working. You're not gonna establish a culture if if every game is resulting in losses.
0: Absolutely, couldn't say better myself.
1: Any uh, final thoughts, words of encouragement for for fans out there? I put out uh, I put out you know, just give us one word on how you're feeling. And we've gotten, uh, gotten a few hundred responses. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of expletives. A lot of exhausted is, is, uh, is a pretty common one. And I kind of feel that. Uh, a lot of people say crushed, stunned. Uh, they feel deflated. I think that's, mm. that's pretty, you know, that's pretty common. But a lot of people have said optimistic. If you're feeling any reason for optimism, Nick, anything out there?
0: I mean, I I think it, it's year one under a new regime. It's Kenny Payne's first head coaching job. It is what it is. He's going to make mistakes. Hopefully, in the future, he's making mistakes with a lot better of talent, and it's it's harder to see. I think that's the hope, right? Like this this was going to be a bad year one, no matter who was coaching. There wasn't going to be enough portaling and enough nil to fix it. Uh, it just is what it is right now. And you know we we've got everything out of the way with the NCAA. The cloud's gone, you know. Let's let's hang the freaking banner, and let's move forward. Yeah, I love that. I
1: love the mentality. I mean, again, it's it's much easier said than done. But again, if you get a chance to just to be supportive, you can be a part of of kind of. I mean, this is obviously at this point this is a rebuild. This is as as tearing it down and building it back up as you can possibly get. As a fan, I would encourage people to. To be critical when 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 you need to be right, Uh, just as we have been tonight, Um, but also to be supportive. And if you have opportunities opportunities to do so, try not to tear down individuals. Try not to tear down your program. Ultimately, you're a part of this as well as a fan. And so, I would encourage people just just to enjoy the process. Louisville is not going to be down forever. Like this won't be forever. This will be something that we look back as as a very low point. And so, I would encourage people to. See it as not the end of the world, but instead the start of, of a kind of a gradual rebuild. We can look at it that, at it more as that, and as being supportive and being fans of the program. I think ultimately we can find ourselves in a, a much more a much more positive position in the future. And you know that you've been part of that. You weren't just sitting there being an, you, incredibly negative and bringing people down with you uh, during the process, but instead building it up and kind of trying to help establish the culture and and be a part of of something that will return to greatness at some point. so uh, Nick as always great to have you on please uh, educate America's youth and, and make sure they don't know anything about Louisville basketball um, tomorrow when you when you get to class uh, get, get some rest man.
0: Sounds good brother good to see you. All right go cards go cards in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.